0: You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome to a brand new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Curtis, a.k.a. Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. As usual, if you guys are interested in having some bonus content from myself and the people on Flawless Noises Media Network, please subscribe to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash flawlessnoises. You can also support the network by going over to flawlessnoises.com store and purchasing some merch. We have Gay Side Story shirt, Flawless Noises shirt, and more. So I have not officially announced this on this show. So let me do so now. If you listen to Ratchet Ramblings, then you probably have already heard this. I definitely hope you have. But Flawless Noises Media is doing a live showcase in February to celebrate the one year anniversary of the network. So we're making plans now for the anniversary next year. The details are still pending because some things have been giving us a little trouble as far as narrowing down everything, but it's definitely going to be, like I said, next February. Uh, Tentative date we're looking at is February 29th, 2020, and the areas we're looking at are Atlanta, Georgia, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. I know a lot of people are probably asking why those places, why not here, why not there, why not anywhere. We feel like we would get the best turnout in those areas. And right now, I would say Atlanta is probably the front runner. I think it's the best location as far as people getting there, as far as having other things to do. And as far as not having to pay too much of an arm and leg if they choose to fly in because it is usually expensive to fly to North Carolina depending on where you're flying from. So please keep that in mind. If you enjoy this show and you want to support me, then we do have that live show coming. The live show will feature Ratchet Ramblings Live featuring myself, Jeremy, and Candace. And then we will also have brie of mama meets world do an opener from her show so that's the tentative outline of what's going on of course like i said before the details are pending and if they change then of course i'll be here to let you know but in the meantime since all of that is out of the way have a great show so let's get into it
1: Hey guys, I am back with a illustrious return guest, Spiritual Side-Eye Supreme himself.
2: What's up everyone? I am Side-Eye Special, a.k.a. is Demet Salen. Welcome back. That's all the AKs I'm using for today.
1: That's fine. You know, I'm a strong proponent of you don't need to have AKs everywhere you go. We're going to get right into the, I'm going to say appetizer more so. So this is the Queer Query first question assuming that you've heard at least a few what is your favorite john legend song i would say let's get lifted again yeah the one with the high notes right yeah yeah i do like a nice high note sometimes listen i listened to that album today at work and i was just like this is a phenomenal album like he took you all over with the guest features and the subject matter, trash on one song, love on the next song. Oh yeah, he did. He he did what he had to do on that album. Got his family on there, all they singing asses. Like it was just a very, very, very solid effort. My favorite song is actually from his first album as well. Uh, it is "Refuge" when it's cold outside. Like I don't know what it is about that song; it just touches me. And I don't know, I just love it. Like, I listened to the album, but when I got to that song, I was like, oh, let me just, let me just hit the repeat. Just give me, give me five more plays and I'm gonna move on, five more, and then eventually I did move on. But I really, really, really do love that song. I may have some others that are contenders, but I just, I absolutely love that song.
2: I think I'm gonna listen to that album again.
1: You should. Bring it back, as Jeremy would say. As Jeremy would say. Shout out to Jeremy. Mm -hmm. So next question. What's the worst job you've ever had?
2: Okay, so back in... I want to say back in 2014, I got a job at this law firm. Mm -hmm. It it was complete ruin. Everything about it. Um, The management was bad. It was like... Middle management was there, but... The upper management was completely incompetent they i work i work in i t like when I was in corporate i worked in i t so this was a company that didn't really they didn't really give a shit about the i t department when i started it was like 14, 2014, 15, something like that they were still running windows x p on some of the computers um it was just a mess all around oh. and their, I would say their ways of doing business really came back to haunt them in the end. Because I was one... Yeah, I ended up being one of many to leave. And, yeah, that was... It was just bad all around. Um, it was pretty much everything you don't want in a corporate job.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, For me, so, first... This question was inspired because I saw an article someone posted on Facebook and then I went and read the whole thing on Vox and it was an author who wanted to, I guess, get a feel for what uh, I, what retail America, I guess, has to deal with as far as working. And so she got like three fast food slash retail jobs. And the article was about, you know, this is how I got burned out. Um, and it made me think about what was my worst job because the conditions she was working at McDonald's and the conditions were just terrible. Like she was saying how a customer threw honey mustard at her and she reacted instinctively and basically cussed the lady out. She got ridden up. And she asked the manager, well, have you ever had food thrown at you? Like, how did you deal with it? And the manager is just like, you remember that you have a family that you need to take care of and you walk away. And so the the way the article was framed was like, that's how this hive works. That number, it, there's, this, there's this misinterpretation that burger flipping, quote unquote, is an easy job. And so you match that with just damn near impossible demanding conditions like she was saying how the scheduling process doesn't really allow them to plan their life more than a few days at a time because it's it's on like an algorithm and it doesn't take into account the you know needing to sleep or just having time off to see your family and then when you do take time off you get penalized take a sick day and now your schedule for the next week is reduced to 15 hours so it was just a lot of different elements in there and so it really reminded me of the worst my worst working experiences I can't even say it was one job was when I used to work at grocery stores Um, I did that in my teens I've talked about that I've told the story of, of the fight I got into with uh one of the customers who was black so that was disappointing but you know, you know how we act when we're, yeah, when we're subservient to rich white people. So, but I was like, you got the right one today, ma'am. I don't give a fuck what rich white people you work for. What you're not gonna do is come here talking to me crazy. But it was just, just the conditions, like every little thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you a minute late, all all hell is breaking out anybody who's been a cashier knows like when you have to go to the restroom or when it's time for you to get off or go on break they act like they can't be bothered <laughs> but they want to tell you you're not allowed to just leave your stand and it's like what how do y'all expect people to work like this and so it was an interesting thing in the article too was that there, a part of the misconception number one that is easy but number two that it's just young people. And I think the article said like the median age for people that work fast food and whatnot, is like 29, like it's grown people. And to be honest, like, you know, I hit fast food joints way more than I should. I'm making that change. So don't come from my neck or my belly. But <laughs> I realized over the years, like there's less and less teenagers working those jobs like you see more and more grown people like people that you can look like that's somebody's grandmother that's somebody's mother you know what i'm saying and so that whole sector of life is just it's sad and if you truly knew the conditions and what you have to deal with and i got off relatively easy like it could have been much worse like i get it i feel like people in those jobs deserve that $15 an hour. Maybe they don't have the education and all of this kind of stuff, but they work damn hard in conditions that most people would turn their nose up at. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what they have to do, what they go through working those jobs. It's really bad. So mine is not a specific job. It's that blanket sector of fast food and retail where you get treated like trash (laughs) and it's pretty much universal. You know what I mean? It's that's pretty much, I
2: I agree there. Like that whole segment is just like, people love to bring the absolute worst and do the most and give the least when it comes to anything that has to do with their convenience. Mm -hmm. Like they think because they have the privilege to, you know, they can afford to be lazy that, They get to be lazy and how they treat other people and that shit is just firmly unacceptable
1: yep i just yeah mm
2: i I feel like retail jobs they automatically get like uh they get their own circle in hell
1: yeah because it's like imagine you working as hard as you do for as little money as you get and people look at you like you a bottom feeder and feel like they can treat you as such like I can't imagine going to no job, no job, not any kind of job where somebody is throwing stuff at me, throwing food at me. I'm going to jail, <laughs> but the fact that the paradigm like the way that the the whole mm-hmm. industry is built somebody is getting beat up, they're getting through. the way that it's built is just like they bank on like the manager said to the lady in the article they bank on you're not going to leave because you need the job to take care of your family. And if you don't like it, then you'll just leave to find a better job. And it's like, it's not that simple. And with the way things are, it's like as much as you have to work to be able to provide, when do you have the time to make those strides? You know? So exactly. That's a whole conversation that we could go deeper into, but not on this episode. So this last question is actually going to launch us kind of into the main topic. What's a sexual act that you tend to shy away from?
2: That's a good one. Um, well, I could just be like, I'll just be, I'll take the, the lazy approach and just say bottoming because that's, we, me and her, we are not friends.
1: Well... That's actually interesting. That'll get us. We'll we'll explore that a little bit more once we get into the main topic. Um, For me, I have a few that come to mind. Uh, Anything to do with feet is just not my jam. Um, Anything to do with bodily waste, also not my jam. Um, That includes water sports. It's not for me. If that's what you're into, have fun. Um, I don't know. Shower regularly. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about it because it's not my ministry. Um. And if that's like a deal breaker for you, then we're not gonna be able to vibe. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, those are pretty much the main ones. I guess. It is. I don't know. Race baiting. It is, it is, like, there, I mean, there's a lot, honestly.
2: <laughs> I mean, well the my the I would say the act that I tend to shy away from isn't a sexual one. It's just more like i don't like bullshit so i don't play games with people
1: yeah i mean that's yeah we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back
0: thank you for supporting the flawless noises media network you can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at FlawlessNoises on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With five and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com FlawlessNoises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: All right, y'all. Now it is time to get into the main topic. So I came across an article on The Hornet, which is a website and it has an accompanying app. And it's interesting because the app like you can read news articles and and things of that nature, but it also has like a a hookup area or I guess a dating area too it's, it's an interesting model and there are certain things like you try to look at I don't know on the website or something like that, and it'll like force you to have an a uh an account. So that you can read the full article i don't know it was weird but this article is titled it turns out anal sex is not as popular among gay men as we thought and so that was very interesting to me because obviously as a sex friendly show lgbt show sex is a it's a big topic you know that we touch on pretty often on this show and so for there to be an article talking about part of the gay community that does not enjoy anal sex, I said, well, this is hella interesting. So let's get into it. So the article is basically framed around an online study that was conducted by George Mason University. So they asked about the most recent sexual encounter of nearly 25,000 gay and bisexual men between the ages of 18 and 60 from across the United States. So I really like that they sampled a pretty good size. I think it could have been more, but, you know, I'm glad it wasn't like, well, we talked to 500 people because that's not going to tell you much yeah 25k okay i i can get a little bit more from 25k i also like that they included both gay and bisexual men i thought that that was a very interesting and necessary touch because we know that bisexual people especially bisexual men do not get the the praise they do not get the respect and they do not get the attention that they deserve so i was Happy to see that, and it says at any given age, 35% or less of men had actually participated in anal sex during their last encounter. I'm sorry, had not. Sorry, um, says around 70 to 75% prefer kissing, oral sex, and mutual masturbation. So, again, we are talking about. A sect of gay men that do not enjoy anal sex. They do exist. I'm a part time member. Okay. I have dual citizenship, double verse. So there was another part in the article that I was like, this is kind of lame, but <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there because I want to see if people have ever heard of this. But the alleged term for gay and bi men that are not into anal sex is sides. Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, so it's like tops, bottoms. But if you don't like either one, then you're on the side. And I was like, I get where you were going with it. I don't like where you ended up.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, sis. You tried that one, but it's not happening. Sides. No,
1: no, no, no. No, we're not going to make that fetch. Fetch is not happening. Not with that. Not with that. Um, nice try though right so there's an assumption that the number of men who would enjoy anal sex would be higher because of the introduction of prep basically saying well it's safer now so that stigma and that fear of I can't say diseases because prep only really what protects you against HIV and it's not even 100% but it is very good very high but I guess, so really, this is just like a, a phobia of HIV AIDS. And That's so true. they're saying with PrEP, they you would think that that number would be higher, the number of people who actually enjoy anal sex, because we're talking about 35%. So out of 25,000 men, gay and bisexual, when asked about their last sexual encounter, only 35% said they had anal sex. And so the uh, the author of the article is like, oh, I thought that that would be higher because of prep, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, eh, I mean, not to sound callous, but there are things within our community that are not safe, you know, that yeah. does not stop anybody from fucking. That's just the truth. Yeah. Like, STDs have not stopped anal sex from occurring, HIV, even at its, its most devastating, like it didn't just die out because people stopped doing the thing, though the main thing I would say, because there are several ways that we know that it can be uh, transferred, but nobody was stopping the one of the main culprits of the progression of the disease And so it died out. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I don't want to sound callous. I'm just trying to be honest and real. HIV and the the thought of it, the fear of getting it was not stopping anybody from having anal sex. So I thought that that was an interesting way to look at it. Like, I'm not sure if it makes sense why you would think that, but I don't know.
2: And the thing is, um, now that I'm thinking about it a bit more, I can see why prep really wouldn't do much for encouraging more people to have anal you know, because it's just not. It's pretty much like like you said, and it's like the article said, like that that pill isn't going to alter whether or not you want to do it.
1: Right, because it's like it's, it's not addressing many other factors. Like I'm not saying that there's not. A number of men who shy away from anal sex because of that fear whether they realize it or not but I don't think it's a big enough number of men because I, I don't know if the statistics say otherwise in my mind I could be wrong but trying to look at it as objectively as possible I'm like when men have never gay bisexual men have never stopped fucking so it's just like I don't know. Interesting we, way to look at it.
2: But if we are going to talk about PrEP, there is one thing I've noticed that comes up that I do find troubling, and that is that there are people who, who tend to not take it every day. Yeah. And, you know, I understand, like, you know, if you saving pills and you, you take six a week instead of seven, it's not a good idea, but I understand it. But I've seen something about people who only take it for like the days around when they know they're going to have sex. And I feel like that's a
1: horrible idea. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll stay here just really quick, but when they, they being medical professionals explain it to you, they tell you it does not work. If you don't take it every day, you cannot, like it's, it's not enough time for it to build up in your system taking it the day before you have sex or the day of it's not that kind of drug it's like, not it's a drug that needs to be built up over time and so that's what I say they that's the main thing like I'm not on prep for you know a few reasons but when I was talking to my doctor about it that was the main thing that he kept insisting on you have to take it every day you have to like you might get away with missing a day here and there but for the most part, you have to take it every day and you certainly cannot take it whenever you feel like it or only when you're going to have sex. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time and your money and you're still going to be at risk because that's not how that drug works. And they, like I said, it it is drilled, at least with my doctor. I would no, no. hope that most doctors kind of drill that or, you know, like I said, people who are around handling, prepping and getting the information out there that that's pretty much at the top like it's it's yeah kidney function and consistency with taking the pill. like those are the top two things that I remember from multiple prep conversations with my doctor it was like you got to take it every day and we have to make sure that it's not fucking your kidneys up exactly so the article the author of the article rather talked to, interviewed a psychotherapist and sex therapist named Dr. Lee Kinsey. They are located in Plano, Texas and they primarily work with gay and straight relationships that are struggling to achieve meaningful and pleasurable sex. So the author had a plethora of questions and we'll go through the questions and see how he went about dissecting this and what the licensed therapist had to say. And where we don't agree Hmm. so first up says why aren't more gay and bi guys having anal sex so number one fear of disease which we've talked about Uh, he also kind of talked around shame being associated with anal penetration so I guess that could be a form of bottom shaming Um, I could kinda see that but I don't know if it's as prevalent but I can see that being a reason maybe, especially if we're talking about couples, cause it sounds like this doctor is working with couples. So I can see someone in a, in a relationship secretly being ashamed of being penetrated, even if they're doing it, you know what I'm saying? Still being ashamed and wondering why they can't find any pleasure cause they're with the love of their life. But when he want to bust them walls down, it's like, help. <laughs> Police <laughs> But what this really centers around is that simply gay and bi guys, men are not enjoying anal sex. And they also went into a couple of reasons for that, you know, such as no sex ed for gay and bi men in this country or really LGBT people. So we don't know how to do it. We got to learn from trial and error. We learn from porn, which we'll get into a little bit later. We just wing it, you know what I'm saying? Or we get taken advantage of by somebody older that's looking for something young and tender.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. And the lack of sex ed is a big deal, especially since we're talking about the anus, which is not naturally made for sex. So there's even more that people have to figure out on top of just why does it feel like this when I want it to feel like that? Right. So the lack of education there and just, you know, a lot of, you know, two people meeting up and they don't really, they don't really know what they're doing there and they have a bad experience and both of them are like, you know what? I think I'll just not do anal for a while. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that happens. And, you know, you're right with the trial and error. This is just not something that you you really want to have trial and error with because...
1: You don't want to, but it's it's the reality of the situation. And so he also, he also said that older men report experiencing pleasure during anal sex at rates 15 to 20 percent higher than men under 40. Basically, because they've had more time to do trial and error. So they know what they want. They know how they want it. And they are not afraid to be plain and open about it. Yeah. Now that is not to be confused with an older man being mature and not playing head games and all that kind of stuff. Ghosting. A, no, though that that's something different. We're just talking about pleasure in sex. And again, so we're talking about bottoms or I guess verse. You know, men who actually be are, that actually get penetrated, enjoying it because there's only one side of this. That has an opinion that is relevant like if you don't really take dick then it's like well I mean you can't really talk about the pleasure because you're not doing the act Um, so this is so what does gay sex look like if it's not about anal and the doctor says freedom connection loss of loneliness loss of pain self respect and respect from his partner And pleasure rooted in safety and he also went on to say that I know a lot of guys are rolling their eyes right now when they hear all that and I was one of them because I feel like this is a lot to expect from just sex like the 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 whole thing is is written with relationship colored glasses because even if it's just a hookup and we know that anal is not going to be a part of it most guys i would i would venture to say are not looking for all of this maybe loss of loneliness maybe you know loss of pain but all of this you know what i
2: just realized what i don't like about it it's the way that it sounds like the the doc makes it sound like um buying gay men we use sex to unpack our trauma and inadequacies when really sometimes it's that but most of the time it really ain't that heavy
1: Mm -mm. hell if anything i would say more gays use sex as a way to not unpack that trauma exactly you know then packing then, then you know And that's why you get surprised when you get the dude that wants to sit around talking and start telling you all his life secrets. You're like, "Mm -hmm." but I don't think that they go into sex with that in mind. They're like, okay, I'm about to bust a nut and see what's up. But then you just sometimes you stumble across people that you just feel comfortable with or you have some kind of connection with. And we're not going to have to be honest about it. Sometimes that's one sided. (laughs) I can speak from experience. And I'm like, okay, I thought you was leaving. When we done, you still here bumping them gums. Like, yikes, (laughs) you know? he, He goes on to say, even the people who fantasize daily about just pounding someone or being pounded by someone, when they're really honest with me, they discover that this fantasy is actually rooted in a deep desire to be free. And again, I just, why can't some people just enjoy sex? What I will
2: say, I, I have to drag myself a little bit here because what I will say is, like, at the at the peak of my whole phase, this is what I found sex very liberating. And there was this whole, like, in my mind, the whole dynamic between it was a control thing where you kind of like the feeling of having it or you like the feeling of releasing
1: it that it makes sense as an overarching thought. But when we're talking specifically about six minus anal, I don't know if you drill down this deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like it, it, Because it almost comes across as if you're not having anal, then the only way to enjoy sex is if you have all these factors. And again, you're not going to have that kind of connection to have all these factors with everybody that you choose to have sex with. Like this is more relationship oriented
2: Exactly. because I don't
1: want all of this with a stranger, to be quite honest. Like I might be willing to get naked and be sweaty in bed and all that kind of good stuff. But... Again, that's a level of control. I have that control over the physical. But when you start peeling back the layers of deep-seated desires outside of the sexual and trying to bridge the gap of why I do this and that and the other, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with that because it's really a case-by-case thing. Exactly. Because there's a lot that goes into trusting someone with your emotions and with your baggage and with your trauma. And you don't always get all of that. And speaking from personal experience, I've had instances where I didn't—I wasn't even sure what the dude's name was—and I had a great time. I've had instances where I had a lot of these factors, and the shit was whack. <laughs> okay. To my last relationship. Listen. <clears throat> so I'm just like, eh. I don't. I don't know. But again, I can see this, like if I'm in a relationship struggling with this, then this makes sense. Because it's like if you're in a relationship, the expectation is to have a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And that deeper connection is manifested through your sexual relationship, nurtured through your sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a part of it. But if I'm talking about just hooking up with somebody, look, I'm not wearing my heart on my sleeve. Why would I? It's not all of that. Okay? Like, if you're doing it right, you're not wearing no sleeves. So it's just like, you know, what are we talking about? What are we doing here? Okay. What are we doing here? So he goes on to say, if if you're struggling with the fact that you're not into anal sex, you are so normal. So what? You don't like anal. Sex that worships anal as the ultimate act is boring. Period. So the judgment just jumped out.
2: <laughs> and this is where, where Dr. Kinsey sounds a little bit like Someone who Bitter, maybe? either, either someone who could not take the pipe, or someone who took a little bit too much of the pipe and now they can't take the pipe no more,
1: or someone who <laughs> learned to finally enjoy taking the pipe and now they're judging everybody who's struggling with it, even though they are, they're is to help people that are struggling with it. It's
2: like some members-only shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. we're
2: we're in the we're in the like anal
1: club and there are no openings well because it's, it's i don't know how you feel like i don't know how you on one hand try to encourage someone who may not enjoy anal sex by putting down people who do enjoy it you know what i mean it's just like that it's whole thing that we always see on twitter where it's like why can't y'all appreciate your white girls without dogging black women you know what i'm saying why can't you appreciate your gays without being racist towards, you know, non-white, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's that thing where it's like, why can't you encourage someone who may not enjoy anal sex without putting down people who do enjoy anal sex?
2: It's like, we get it. You like, you like a blowjob and a cup of coffee and you like to be shown the door. That's not everybody's fun time. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with
1: that. I think, you know, I feel like I've said this multiple times, and I'm going to keep on saying it. So y'all keep on hearing it. But it's all about what you want and connecting with people who want the same thing. We've all had, like we talked about earlier, the trial and error, where it's like we want something, and we're trying to get it from people, and we're not compatible. But if you find some, if you worship sex to the point where anal is the ultimate paradise and you find someone else who feels the same way guess what y'all shit is going to be lit you don't run into these issues until you get with somebody that you're not compatible with all right exactly because if you are worshiping anal and every time you see me you are trying to slide up in it and i'm more of a let's try some different things let's try some toy you know what i'm saying like we don't always have to do anal we are gonna have some issues. Now, I'm not saying we're not gonna be able to have a good time here and there, but at some point somebody's gonna be frustrated because they're not getting what they want because we are not compatible on a base level. And I think that this article skips over just the basic premise of compatibility when it comes to anal sex, because I'm not one, like I, I consider myself verse, I've done both. You know there are things, and I've talked about this on the last episode, the Verse Boy Summer. There are things about it. I have hangups about just bottoming for any old body, but when I have done it and I enjoyed it, we were on the same page. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a well, I'm not into it at all, and I'm not trying to have them up in me, but I'm gonna go over there anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we both knew right. what it was, and I just mm-hmm. so happened that he was good at the preparation and you know we had a good time but it's not a if I know I'm into a certain thing I'm not trying to just have so, I'm not trying to retrofit that to fit someone that I meet and I don't want someone doing the same to me because we're both going to leave out of that more than likely unsatisfied Right, but it feels like judgment <laughs> just like you hoes only like anal like that's your ultimate like eh. You something wrong with y'all? It's like mm, I I don't I don't know the idea of a therapist being like there's there nothing wrong with you there's something wrong with them it just feels gross to me
2: yeah it feels it it, it feels mentally imbalanced if I'm going to be honest
1: I'm, I don't know if I want to go that far personally I but would I would say, say I'm
2: only saying that because it's like as a therapist you of all people should know that there is a way to um, you can elevate your patient without deriding anybody else. Yeah, and but I fact, would say that it's that's not like a
1: mental issue on their part. I think is very easy and probably pretty common, which is why you know so many people struggle with finding the right therapist. It's common for therapists not to have any uh, self-awareness.
2: I would say you know I, I think mental imbalance was a bit much, but just the the awareness there. Yeah, because that it's, lack of
1: awareness is just.
2: Oof. I didn't like it because, as a therapist, you have a responsibility to help your clients, um, help the patient learn things in healthy ways, and reinforcing, you know, what they find insecurity in by criticizing other people is it's not going to be the way because
1: yeah.
2: it's only a matter of time before you know your patient meets someone and. You know your patients, proud of themselves, for not being into anal, and they want to. And so, what if that judgmental habit rubs off onto them, and they try it, and then they get dragged, and then they end up back in therapy looking foolish? There's like there's a whole lot of stuff that didn't need to happen because the the work wasn't done to to like build folks up properly.
1: Right. Yeah. Counterproductive was my first thought when I think about that like that, or when I think about it that way, it's just, it just seems very counterproductive to me because even if it doesn't affect them on the sexual level, this is like a a seed that you're planting if they don't already have it. like I just really don't like the inability to compare without downing something. You know what exactly. I'm saying. oh i feel like there didn't need to be a comparison at all like okay so what you're not into anal sex there's tons of guys like you let me give you some resources you know what i'm saying but to be like oh if you everything sexual has to go to anal you boring i don't that i don't know that just didn't i will say this i would not want this person to be my sex therapist <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i don't feel like i would get much out of it because the if you all you're gonna be doing is judging that's not judging people who are not in the room that's not beneficial to me
2: like listen i expect my sex
1: therapist to be more open-minded than i am correct even if you gotta fake it but (laughs) i don't know so it goes on to say what if you're not currently enjoying anal sex but you want to So the doctor says that basically all bodies are different, and some men find anal sex extremely pleasurable because of where their prostate is located, how large or small it is, and the length of their anal canal. So put a pin in that and remember that. Quote, pleasurable anal sex in particular is affected by psychological and biological factors that you need to understand for yourself. Ignore advice that recommends drugs or other ways of ignoring your feelings. Um, Goes on to say, the biggest hurdle is gay and bi men have trouble being patient with themselves and or finding someone to have sex with that won't react negatively to the statement, I need to figure some things out. Both tops and bottoms need to work through shame or guilt. That takes time and safety. Be patient. So I'm gonna stop right there for a minute because is it just me or is this answer kind of all over the place? It like is. we went from I'm not enjoying anal sex to well, you need to tell your partner I need to figure some things out. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. How did we get here? Like, so let me say this. I don't think that it's fair to Kind of blindside a sexual partner with this. Like, if you know you're struggling to find the pleasure in anal sex, then I would suggest being open about that because you never know. There are tons of tops out there and verse men who have the patience and probably enjoy teaching people how to bottom. And there's a lot who don't, you know, like, part of the reason why I don't bottom that much is because tops. Or men that top tend to be too damn impatient for me. But that's just in general, It's not just the actual physical act and pleasure or lack thereof, like it's just like, look, I'm not trying to be zero to 60 and we at least exchange a few messages so I can get a feel for you the person or at least the person that you're portraying to get this transaction done. But this just, I don't know, it feels all over and then it's like, oh, you know, with your feelings and da-da-da-da-da. Again, it's just this is not striking me as someone who is having anal sex in a blanket way. This strikes me again as you're in a relationship. Somehow you've gotten into a relationship with another man who you bottom for. And you do not enjoy anal sex, and for whatever reason, you never were upfront with them about that. So here are some ways to help you deal with that. But I think that when we're trying to talk about our community as a whole, we have to be broader than that, because not everybody is in a relationship,
2: and not everybody is this bad at communicating. Like, how do you end up in no. a relationship with someone and you don't? You two don't have an understanding of what is enjoyed sexually, like. Yeah. I don't know how you get there. That's first date conversation material if we're being honest. That's that's
1: (laughs) pre-date. Listen. (laughs) When he talk me good, I take his ass to Chili's. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just... When I think, when I, like I said, when I put that relationship lens on this, it makes it even stranger. But when we're thinking about it from a broad perspective, like some of this is work that you have to do alone. Like you can't turn around and be like, I gotta figure some things out when you are just hooking up. That's not how that works. Um, because you don't have that investment. So that person is not obligated to care. And also, that person probably
2: does not, they don't even know what's going on for you to just suddenly hit them, like, with a, I need to figure some things out. Like, why are you even entertaining a hookup if your mind is not in order?
1: Now, if you put yourself out there as I'm someone who is trying to be better at bottoming and learn how to enjoy it more, I need somebody that, you know, is willing to deal with that. Then, yes, that would be a situation where that person is signing up for that. But just a random hookup. No, even somebody that you've been dating a little while, like. You got to be better at communicating and be like, hey, you know, I I have this kind of issue with anal sex. So before we get I'm not saying you have to do it on the first date, but that's definitely something that you want to address before y'all have sex, if for nothing else, than to save yourself the embarrassment. I feel like it's way less embarrassing to have that conversation when the clothes are on than when they're off. I could be wrong, maybe it depends on the person, but personally, I don't wanna wait until we are about to do to do everybody hard and, and you got lube, you got whatever else you need and then I'm like, well, you know, I actually don't really enjoy anal sex that much. So here's a pamphlet of things that I'm going to need from you in order for this to be worth my while. Like, no, I yeah. I, I sound the fuck stupid waiting until the last minute when I could have told them that when I first met them, if it was a strictly sexual thing, if it was dates and whatnot, then I could have found a, a somewhere to introduce this topic. But yeah,
2: because nobody's going to be like, nobody wants that surprise of, oh, guess we don't really need that lube, actually, because no,
1: <laughs> it ain't going down. <laughs> no. You know, like, you don't want to lead people on and I get it. Like, this is a real issue, you know, and to a degree, I, I have experience with this. You know, I struggle with this a little bit, but again, I'm also not just being like, I'm not in a relationship with a top or with somebody that's trying to bust it down on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. And having not communicated this with them and I'm not hooking up with dudes and not communicating this with them. So I think that makes a difference. But that communication is a big thing. But I still say that it makes sense from a relationship standpoint. I need to figure this out. Like, But I don't even think it's an I. If you're in a relationship with somebody, that's a we. We need to figure this out because exactly. your sex life is not solo in a relationship like your partner is part of your sex life, whether y'all are having sex with each other or not, because you're in that relationship.
2: Right. You know, depending on whatever arrangement
1: you've got, it's. I was gonna say, unless you, wanna... you unless you have an arrangement mm-hmm. where it's like completely separate and y'all don't know about what the other is doing, but even then, if you have that kind of arrangement, I don't see you dealing with this issue.
2: Exactly. So,
1: because you're you, if
2: that's the case, and you're in a relationship purely for the emotional connection, and if it's just emotions. Or if it's just some other arrangement where you two aren't having sex, then you don't need to have
1: this conversation. Right, 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 right. So the sex therapist slash psychotherapist goes on to say, and i paraphrase paraphrasing this a bit, sex is an emotional experience. Your emotional being doesn't stop existing just because you decided to have emotionless sex. There is no such thing. Good sex is sex that takes your feelings into consideration and knows how to handle them. This does not mean every sexual encounter must be romantic or loving, but every sexual partner should know how to help themselves and their partner with whatever feelings arise. When you learn to listen to your mind, heart, and body, sexual pleasure will come, whether it involves an anus or not. I don't know, bro. I don't know
2: personally for me sex is a very emotional experience however i've known people who would say the exact opposite thing right there are quite a few people who view sex as merely an act merely an experience and they can go get pounded about pounded out by someone else and then go Mm -hmm. home to the person they really love and move on as if nothing has happened because they don't yeah it's their pleasure yeah they and got I, their pleasure, and, and now they're going to get their emotions elsewhere.
1: I'm, I'm not mad at the part about saying sex is an emotional experience. What made me do a full stop is this rigid explanation of what good sex is. Because just like you said, you can be a dude who has a loving relationship, but still enjoy big dicks on the side. And to you, that's good sex, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get to tell someone, well, I have mindless sex with these dudes, well, that's not good sex. If if I'm enjoying it, if they're enjoying it, and if we're getting to the promised land, whatever that looks like and sounds like, who are you to say that we're not having good sex because we're not emotional about it? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of strange to me, especially coming from a sex therapist. And then he tried to clean it up a little bit, like, oh, not everything has to be romantic or loving. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like this is putting a lot more on. I think this is from an emotional person's standpoint. Yeah. Because I could see it either way. Like, I've had experiences where when there was emotion in it, it did heighten the pleasure. But, again, I've had instances where it's like all we needed was a few messages. We know each other's name. And I had a similar level or of of pleasure. If it it wasn't the same, but it wasn't any less pleasurable. So, I, to me, I feel like this is a little irresponsible. I feel like as a sex therapist, I would have expected to hear more of a "You need to def- learn how to define what good sex is for you," and in doing That's so, the approach that was needed you can inform your potential partners and you'll be better suited to find someone that will be able to fulfill your needs and vice versa. But if you come out to me and be like, well, you're not having gay sex because you don't have no emotional connection with your partners. And I'm gonna be like, do I need that? Like if you're an emotional person, this makes absolute sense. But not everyone is emotional. Not everyone looks at sex the same way. And like you said, a lot of people, they get their emotional, I don't know, whatever they See. need emotionally from their relationship and sex is sex. It's, and we know that this is pretty prevalent amongst gay men because open. how many movies from our community about open relationships? And I remember I watched this, I watched a movie, I don't know, what was it, maybe called Phoenix? And there were these two, it was a weird movie i don't know i but you know i like trash movies every now and then but basically there's this young guy and he has a boyfriend that's a little bit older very established in his career and whatnot the older guy comes to visit but he has to leave like almost right away because he got some weird shit going on with his business and so then the young guy never sees him again like he's supposed to be going back to las vegas where he lives the young boy lives in not boy but the young man lives in la so he's so emotional hmm, that he ends up going to las vegas to try to find the boyfriend that ghosted him and in doing so he can't find him he didn't know anything about him so all he could do was go to a hotel where he told him to mail his phone charger Turns out, because he filed a missing persons report on the boyfriend, oh, turn, sh- <laughs> turns out the boyfriend had a whole husband of eight years, but he also ghosted the husband. <laughs> so What? Th- <laughs> this man left from L.A. and went to Chicago and left everything in disarray. He left a husband. He left a real estate development project in disarray. And just went to Chicago and didn't tell anybody. So the police found him. They called him on the phone. And he told the police, I don't want to talk to them. And some bizarre way, they, they, it's not even bizarre. They basically, they trauma bond and they end up hooking up the husband and the boyfriend. Oh, God. Um, And so if fast forward, like they're having this fast and furious romance, very much uh, Jason's lyric in the desert, I guess, (laughs) just real passionate. Um, They're getting to know each other. You know, he's getting to know his ex-boyfriend's husband better than he actually knew the ex-boyfriend. So they go to dinner with An older couple, friends of the husband. And they, you know, are making little remarks to each other, basically in no uncertain terms, letting them know that yes, we're in a committed relationship, but we're in an open sexual relationship and so the young dude because he has these ideals and these morals you know how we are when we're younger the way we're conditioned we feel like love is strictly monogamous etc 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 exactly and so the older dude was like oh honey (laughs) he was like sex does not stop you from building a life with someone etc 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 so i I think this advice needs to be more tailored to the specific situation that's why i brought up that movie because and i don't think there's anything wrong with either one it's just that when you start judging other people for what they do rather than use your energy to find like-minded people that's where we start having issues like and i even saw this recently on twitter like i don't know how y'all do that i ain't sharing nothing that's like why are you worried about what other people do like unless y'all are trying to establish something and you realize you're incompatible I don't understand, like, if you believe in a monogamous relationship and love is not real to you unless it's monogamous, why does what other people do affect that? Like, why do you care?
2: It shouldn't matter to you. It shouldn't,
1: it shouldn't matter. matter. Personally,
2: because my, my, my last relationship was open, and um, it was an experience that I do not wish to recreate. But it was, it was very interesting and very informative, because for me, I did realize that I'm able to separate my emotional and my physical feelings, but as I got older, I realized that I just don't want to. Okay, so it was funny because it was my ex's idea and he was adamant about it, but as things progressed and I started embracing the openness of the relationship, he got in his bag because I was getting hella plain he wasn't. Well. Which, you know, <laughs> you get what you ask for. I was gonna say, but that's what happens when
1: you ask for something you ain't ready for. Listen. Mm, mm, mm. but i'm glad that you said that because i think it's important to note that your viewpoint on this can change over time in either direction because i've seen both i've seen people the older that they get and honestly i'm kind of feeling like i'm one of them like the older i get the less that i care about those physical boundaries on a relationship and I know people who are the exact opposite. The older that they get, they're like, "I'm, I, you know, I did all that wild shit when I was young. Now I just want my boo, and we can build a life together. And it's just me and him. And there's nothing wrong with either of those."
2: Yeah, because for me, I, I, you know, I've always thought I was going to be the first, but now along the, you know, the lines, of the first, but you know, time has progressed, and I'm at that point where I'm just, I don't want motherfuckers in my house like that. My relationship right now is very much closed, and it's gonna stay that way.
1: Fair, but at the same time, you're not a sex therapist. That's basically saying good sex is only this, exactly. And y'all need to stop being robotic about it. Like I don't know, this just—it's interesting advice from a sex therapist.
2: Yeah, because ultimately, what a lot what's being left out of this is that, well, because top's opinion shouldn't really matter here. But, I mean, for both parties, again, when it's done correctly, penetration does feel very good. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, people will have sex because they like to feel good. They like what it brings them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, and again, I could be wrong, but I think that there's a dual conversation to be had here. Not us specifically, but I mean, someone talking to a sex therapist in that, on the one hand, it's like are you just trying to enjoy sex period? Or are you trying to enjoy sex somewhere that you already have an emotional connection? Because I feel like those are two different things. And that's yeah. kind of my my gripe with this article is that we don't get to see both of those or a more broad view. It's To me, it strikes me as this is advice for someone who wants to try to enjoy sex more let me rephrase who wants to try to enjoy being penetrated more with someone that they already have an emotional connection with
2: and it, right
1: and it, it doesn't always go like that Honestly, It shouldn't because it. like we said earlier it's hella strange to me to be in a whole relationship and not have worked not laid your sexual desires and boundaries out And we talked about that last week, like that's, you know, people try to downplay how important sex is in favor of emotions and whatnot. And I'm not saying emotions are not important. What I am saying is we can look at the beautiful being footage. We can look at the historical being footage, in fact, and see that sexual incompatibility is a relationship killer in a (laughs) lot of instances, if not all. Because somebody going to start cheating, somebody going to introduce an open relationship and somebody gonna be mad about it even though they went along with it like we've seen this play out in our personal lives on Twitter with people we don't know in movies or TV podcasts everything
2: sexual incompatibility is just not something you can if sex is important
1: to you I should say sexual incompatibility is just not gonna work yes which you know I think it's safe to assume If you're having relationship problems because your sexual life is not in sync, then sex is important to at least one person in that, which is something else you need to be honest with. Like, again, I think we get into this fairy tale of relationships is all about love and understanding and this, that and the other. And then when you start getting the physical aspects not matching the rest, you can't understand why you have so much hell. But the physical aspects are important as well. And again, right. and I would just expect a sex therapist to kind of go in, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was truncated for the sake of this article. I
2: feel like it was because the way that the way that the doctor goes into it, and it's just, it's just like a, it's so scattered that I feel like this article probably should have been another five hundred words, and the subject should have been reworked because they could have been more comprehensive.
1: Honestly, you know, this should have been a. This should have been like a podcast. Like this should have been something that was recorded so that we could hear it, or you know, transcribed so we could see the whole conversation. Because I'm not gonna lie, this article got this this sex therapist out here looking mad crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I was this sex therapist, I'd have been like, "If you don't take this motherfucking shit," (laughs) but I mean, I don't know. Maybe he stood up in it, but it just again seems very strange to be offering this type of advice and counseling so the last aspect of how To enjoy anal sex when you're currently not but you want to They introduce porn and the doctor says porn is ridiculous. I mean come on No one gets pounded like that in real life Especially not after zero to no preparation or foreplay. Is it possible to get pounded as they do in porn in real life? Yes But porn doesn't show you what's necessary to get your body ready for that kind of fun. Um, So I agree with this to a degree because I think we can all, well, I won't say all because I know some people are not there yet, but maybe those that are enlightened know that porn is, it's a business, you know what I'm saying? And those people do a lot that they normally would not do in order to perform that job. Right. And so, yes, it is a little ridiculous to be looking towards porn as your inspiration for why you want to enjoy anal sex better. Why can't I take dick like such such bottom in this video? That's fair then be like, okay, remember that this is a production. They edit out a lot. Um, they don't show all of the preparation that the actors have to go through to be able to do it. You know, the, the fleeting process, I don't even know, I would hope that Bottoms have some kind of fluffing process involved as well, if they need it. And if they happen to be doing a scene with, you know, a dude that doesn't eat ass or doesn't do the things that they need in order to be prepared to take a lot of dick, but,
2: well, hold on. Why are people still doing porn if they don't eat
1: ass? That's that's a different conversation for another day.
2: People have their priorities fucked up. Well, let's. Continue.
1: I mean, but that's not. I'm. I'm not saying that the person themselves don't eat ass, but if it's not part of the scene, then true, it's not part of the scene. You know, it's all in how it's directed. I mean, I'm sure there's some that don't, but that's their cross to the bear. Uh, it definitely makes the scene look. I let me rephrase. I enjoy it better when we can get more. Like, if it's a scene where they just, unless I'm seeing just a clip, like on Twitter or something, listen, if I push play and y'all immediately start fucking like that with no type of passion, I mean, I can get over not having passion, but when it looks like they just trying to get through it, like you can tell, I got to hit the stop button. That's recycle bin.
2: Exactly. Um, and that,
1: which is- there's a bottom that's like, being pounded for lack of a better term using the same terminology that's used in this article and they don't make no sound recycle bin but i don't again it's one of those things where it's like you don't have to bring down men who enjoy having porn star type sex in order to tell somebody else hey just remember that porn can be unrealistic and that may not be the best example of what you're trying to emulate when you are on a quest to learn how to enjoy bottoming better.
2: Yeah, I mean all you really have to say is like don't aspire to have porn star sex because porn stars tend to have to do a lot of uncomfortable and also physically damaging things to ensure that they can perform appropriately.
1: Right. And Absolutely. it could have just been left at that. Could have been and should have been left at that. Cause again, it's just odd to me. Like I just, I can't imagine any type of therapist saying, well, in order to do this, you can't be like these trash motherfuckers. I mean, again, you know, I'm I'm embellishing a bit, but it It, could, I don't know. The the article is just full of of this type of judgment. Like you can tell where the psychotherapist slash sex therapist stands. When it comes to sex, like it's clear that they, I won't say it's clear, but it seems like they're not really a fan of a more polyamorous type of situation. And it may again be because of their concentration with relationships, but I wish that that was kind of something that is better presented as this article, like this conversation, like what I'm describing is a relationship. I'm not, this is not general advice because it's being presented as general advice and general opinions when it seems to only really be informed by a specific situation, if that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. Not everybody's in a relationship. So some of this doesn't make any sense because there are 75% of people
2: on Hornet can probably open up this article and read a paragraph and just click away from it
1: because it doesn't fit. Right, 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 right. And again, yeah. what the next bottom does or the next person that uh, is the recipient of penetrative sex, that doesn't have anything to do with you and your whole. Like, I don't I don't know. It just seems weird to bring up other people. We talking about me. I don't care about what they doing in porn. I don't care about the people that's trying to emulate porn. We talking about me. (laughs) If I already have issues with anal sex, not enjoying it. You already know I'm not trying to have no porn level sex, even if that's an aspiration. I'm here in therapy to try to work up to that point. So you bringing up other people that are doing whatever that doesn't I don't think that that's beneficial. Because right. have I seen things and I'm like, damn, how do they how did they get to the point where they could take dick like that? Yes. Have I been like, well, that's something to emulate? No. But I know that that happens. But if I've taken the steps to try to figure out how to get this, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, how to get this monkey range properly, I don't want to hear about what the next motherfucker is doing. And I would huh. hope that that's not something that people need to say because not everyone has that awareness. You know and what I'm I saying?
2: Think, I do think that when you approach the topic of sex as a sex therapist, you need to the approach needs to be very individualistic because
1: people are already comparing themselves to others when they don't need to. Which is what's interesting about this article because like I said just earlier, he was saying how everybody's different, everybody's built differently, Everybody's prostate is different size. Their anal canal is different length. Like all of these physical properties that make a huge difference in whether or not you are enjoying anal sex, only to turn around and be like, what well, those guys that are getting pounded. Da, 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 da. It's like, what do they have to do with what I'm going through? You know all what right. I mean? It's not needed. It's not needed. Like
2: we don't need to be talking about how somebody else's pussy is broke or whatever because they like what they like
1: and you're trying to figure out what you like it doesn't it's, it's not needed yeah it was definitely not needed so that was pretty much the article that will be in the show notes so you guys can read through it and maybe you feel similarly maybe you feel differently if you want to discuss that with us feel free to do so on Twitter so side-eye before we get out of here you have any additional thoughts on just the main topic about you know
2: Ain't no sex not
1: being as popular, allegedly.
2: In some ways, I'm surprised by it, and in other ways, I'm not. But ultimately, all I have left to say on this subject is people need to communicate more because closed mouths
1: do not get fed or fucked. You know what? I think that's the perfect way to cap this. (laughs) So... If you are or if you know of an LGBT certified sex therapist, I would love to have conversations with them, general conversations, and hell, maybe even my own therapy, because I got some things that I need to work through. I'm self-aware to a degree. It is a difficult road, but I'm here, you know what I'm saying? So yes, LGBT certified sex therapist, or I guess LGBT friendly, if you work with gay men and and other people in the community with sexual issues and whatnot. I would love to have you on the show. So please feel free to shoot your shot, or if you know someone, tell them to shoot their shot and get in contact with me. Side Eye, thank you so much for taking time to jump on the show last minute. Please drop all of your good things, tell people where they can find you. So you can find me on Twitter
2: at Side Eye Special. That's S I D E E Y E S P E C I A L. And for my more spiritual content, because I do read tarot, um, you can find me at Red Ink Tarot, and that's going to be all one word as
1: well: the color red, ink, and then tarot. T A R O T. All right, y'all. That again will all be in the show notes. So until next time.
0: All right. I sincerely hope you guys enjoyed that episode because it is done and we're getting out of here. So the usual spiel, please chime in. If you have thoughts, if you have suggestions for topic ideas, if you have suggestions for guests, if you have letters that you want some advice about, if you just want to tell a story, maybe a coming out story or something else that you think would benefit people in the community please go ahead and send all of that to gayside stories at gmail.com brief reminder you guys can find this show on apple podcasts spotify anchor iheart radio google podcasts and more please keep that in mind when you are recommending the show to others In which case, let me thank you for doing so and encourage you to do so if you have not already. Word of mouth is still a great way to help a podcast grow. And I still do want this podcast to grow. I've been comfortable, but I want to reach more people. So please do me a favor and share this show with someone that is not a listener. Maybe even someone who doesn't actually listen to podcasts that often. Anyone that you feel can benefit from the conversations that you hear on this show, please share the show with them. That's how we grow. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm asking for much. I give you all good show, good content every week for the most part. You know, I don't think it's too much to ask to say, hey, share this with someone else. Let them get this good content that you enjoy every week. Why not share the love? Speaking of love, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star rating or review. If you really love it, then you can write a whole review. It does help with visibility and recommendations. There are people I think that will go and look at that when they are recommended a podcast. You never know who might be looking, what businesses, what kind of sponsorship opportunities there might be so please go and let people know how much you love this show by leaving a rating and a review thank you so so much for listening and i really do hope that you all have been diligent in protecting your walls. Hot boy summer does not need to be collapsed wall summer. And I'm not just talking about <laughs> the anal ones. Y'all know how I get when I get on my soapbox about protecting your your walls and protecting your energy and all that good stuff. So I hope you have been. I haven't been reminding y'all be diligent, you know, constant vigilance, <laughs> as said in the movies.